This is Joe Verisco with JRV Majesty Productions, and today we are interviewing Jen Richards. Hello, Joe. Hello. Um, so if we could just start out by uh, saying uh, your name, your preferred gender pronoun, and uh, your astrological sign. Uh, sure. Uh, once again, Jen Richards. And welcome back to my little apartment. <laughs> Appreciate you coming out. Yeah, thank you. Um, I do use female pronouns, and I am, as I said before, triple Aquarius. My sun, moon, and rising are all Aquarius, right which on. makes it very hard for me to get out the door in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So you are very, very busy at work oh, God. getting this, getting the Trans 100 um, project off the ground and launching, which is at the end of this month, right? March 31st. Correct. One week from today. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit about uh, what this is all about, what we can expect? I can tell you a lot about awesome. it and yes. what to expect. It would be my pleasure. Uh, to give it a little bit of context and background, this was the result of several different lines of thinking and different experiences. There are lots of 100 lists out there. Uh, I think one that's really, really well known in our community is the Out 100. Mm -hmm. And I love lists like that, and I love all the you know the glossy pictures and see who's on there. It's fun. Mm -hmm. But this year's Out 100 list, if I recall correctly, has two trans people of the 100. And you know, I was curious, like, where why aren't there more? And like, who would we name if we did? But this isn't something I had formally thought about. It was just kind of in the back of my mind. And then one day I was on uh, Facebook and my friend Tony Dorsey, who is the executive director of This Is How, which is a um, kind of like a trans crisis intervention center out in Phoenix, Arizona. She's someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for. She's someone who's been uh, writing and out front on issues and also doing direct services with, with uh, at-risk population and trans people in Phoenix for a very, very long time. And she's just really fabulous. And she had, it's, it's kind of a really great story because she had been estranged from her son mm -hmm. and came into contact with him fairly recently. And up until the point where they actually made contact, he'd been researching her online. Oh, wow. And when they got back in touch, he's like, I noticed that you seem to be really like one of the big people in trans rights movement uh -huh. uh, and she jokingly replied like yeah if there was a top 100 I'd be 99 ah. <laughs> she kind of said it off the cuff but then it got her thinking like well actually like who else would be on that list and where would I fall yeah and so she just threw it up on her Facebook timeline you know she's is all over Facebook and mm -hmm. she just asked her friends to say like who would you put on the 100 list and she's like I'll collect the the names and we'll you know have a little vote and I think it was just like a little thing she was gonna fantastic do. And I saw that and it just clicked with me, like, oh my God, like, that's what we need to do. We yeah. need to have a Trans 100. So I, I wrote to her immediately that night. Well, first I just, like, I wrote some names on the list and went to bed. And then I, like, my mind just, like, lit on fire. Right. And I just started thinking it through, what you could do with the list and what it would need to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I got back up and I messaged her on Facebook. And she's also a night owl like me. And we started chatting back and forth. And she immediately saw the potential, too. And we both had some concerns about what a list would look like in order for it to be appropriate. And the biggest thing that was my, my most pressing concern was it couldn't be a ranked list. You know, our community is under such duress. We have so much both infighting and we're, you know, statistically such an insignificant part of the larger larger pool that to do a kind of popularity contest uh, effort would seem really counterproductive and mm -hmm. we really wouldn't address the real issues of our community. So I said, you know, if we did this and it had to be unranked, you know, it was just 100 people. Right. And Tony's like, yeah, we should also really focus on, you know, not the most popular, not the celebrities, but the people doing work in the community. And it just started clicking with us, like, wow, that could be a really powerful resource because trans people could see this list and be like, oh, here's mm -hmm. someone in Arizona. I didn't know about that. I can do that. Oh, like, oh, there's the Trans Life Center right here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Or, um, oh, Janet Mock is someone, uh, you know, like, she has this website. I should check that out. And it's like, this could be a really powerful resource. And then we thought about it in terms of the media as well. 
you know, we all get tired of the media going to either cis people to talk about trans issues or the yeah. same few trans people for everything. Mm -hmm. And frankly, a little bit too often, you know, mainly like older white trans people mm -hmm. as well. So we thought with this list, and, and here, you know, I've, and I've talked to some media people about this previously, and, and they always say like, well, we don't know who to talk to. We don't know who to go to. Mm -hmm. And I, that's a legitimate concern, and I, I get that. And so I thought, well, who better than us, you know, the trans community right. itself, to say, these are the people that are doing the work. These are the people you should be talking to. Absolutely. So the Trans 100 would be able to combine both those efforts, you know, to provide a resource to the community and an uh, entry point, um, a kind of a survey and breadth of all the work being done in the community, and to provide media this, this kind of, you know, goldmine of content of people that they can talk to, whose stories that they can share. Yeah. And who better to, to develop the list than the trans community itself? Absolutely. So that night, I mean, this is like now like two o'clock in the morning at this point, and I pull in my designer uh, who does We Happy Trans, mm -hmm. and we talk to her about it, and within another hour, we have a form up online for people to submit nominations. Excellent. And we had 100 nominations in the first 24 hours. Oh, wow. And by time we closed it on December 31st, and this was like late November, by the time we closed it on December 31st, we had over 500 nominations. Oh, wow, yes. Yeah, I mean, All it, was, right. it was overwhelming. I couldn't believe how, how quickly it spread. Mm -hmm. And frankly, a lot of people still didn't hear about it till after the nominations were closed. I mean, it's still, right. you know, most people aren't going to hear about this till after the list comes out. So totally. we're going to miss a ton of people. But it's a great starting point. Like yeah. We'll get the publicity from this list, and the next year it'll be even bigger. And next even year, exactly. So, yeah, so we closed the nomination December 31st, and then uh, we started the process of actually like, curating the list and going through mm -hmm. and trying to find you know which of the 100 people. When we actually took out all the duplicates and added in a few more names that were... You know, we gathered from friends and people like leaders in the community. We actually had 360 something distinct nominees. That's amazing. And we have to research mm -hmm. and vote on every single one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been a gargantuan task and also incredibly educational. Yeah. I am just astonished and shocked at how much great work is being done out there that mm -hmm. I that I didn't know about. I think to me like one of the most exciting things about the list was coming across these names that had like multiple nominations mm -hmm. who were clearly people that were important in their community whom I had never heard of personally. Yeah. And I consider myself fairly up on trans issues and like yeah. who's doing kind of what work and I'm fairly fluent on, with social media and, and out there. So to come across all these names I'm like oh my god I didn't know about all these resources was just was so exciting and so exhilarating. I, I made this metaphor once before but it really holds true it's like as if you're at a party with all your closest friends and suddenly you realize like there's a whole nother room full of their closest friends who you right. haven't met yet <laughs> you're like oh my god i get to meet all these more people and i know they're gonna be amazing yeah totally and that's what going through the list has has felt like so excellent yeah that's kind of where i was the list um and then we decided to have some kind of, we wanted to release the list on a certain date and we wanted right. to make it like an annual occurrence. And as it turns out, you know, since we closed voting on December 31st and we wanted to give ourselves a couple months to pull it together, yeah. we were looking to like late February, March, and then we realized that International Day of Trans Visibility mm -hmm. falls on March 31st each year. And this is an event that was created a few years back, and I'm a little uh, hazy on the origins, actually, mm -hmm. so you have to pardon me there. I haven't done my research yet. But basically, I think it was intended as a kind of counterbalance to Trans Day of Remembrance. Mm -hmm. Like, have a day where we celebrated trans visibility and those people who were living and doing good work. So it just made total natural sense for us to release the list right. on that day. Um, and then uh, the idea of doing an event to launch it here in Chicago is something that 
so I produce events for work, you know, mm -hmm. working in the arts, but I typically take like one to two years to produce events. Right. I like to be very careful and very strategic. Absolutely. And leave myself plenty of room for fundraising and gathering other pieces for false starts, for changes. <laughs> I had about six weeks from the moment we realized that we were going to do Woo! this. We were just <laughs> and um, I have to give a big shout out to, to Kokomo, mm -hmm. uh, who's an act, a really incredible woman here in Chicago. Uh, as really being the person to, to kind of seed that idea with me. She had already planned on doing a concert that night. Oh, wonderful. To celebrate the release of her own EP, and she wanted to do it on Trans Day of Visibility. So she heard about the Trans 100, and she really pushed me, like, well, why don't we combine efforts? Yes. And uh, she's someone who I'd, I'd love to work with. Um, I think she and her company, Kokomo Media, mm -hmm. uh, are doing some really cool work, and I'm really eager to, to partner with them and see what else they can do. So uh, I thought that was a great idea, and we wanted to feature Kokomo as a performer, um, and then as a, also as a host. And then from that point, I just started calling in favors. Yeah. Uh, I first reached out to Namely Brennan, who is a wonderful singer-songwriter, a trans woman who tours all across the country. And I'm a big fan of her work, and she's a friend, so I asked her to come out, and she immediately jumped. Then I started asking online for a trans-masculine performer, and you mm -hmm. want to make sure that things are kind of balanced. Yeah. And everyone's like, you got to get Joe Stevens. you got to get Joe Stevens from Coyote Grace. And, and Frankly, I hadn't heard of him yet, mm -hmm. so you know I went and looked him up because I'm very discriminating when it comes to music, particularly. Like, <laughs> you know, I work with an ensemble that has right. won multiple Grammy awards, like headlines festivals all around the world. Like I care about quality. Absolutely. So like, I went in with a little, you know, trepidation. Um, and then I heard Joe perform, and I was just blown away. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's so, he's just got this rich, beautiful voice. He's a good guitarist. He's a great songwriter. He's cute as hell. It doesn't <laughs> hurt. So um, I reached out to him, and, and it took me a little while to get to him. But once I did, he was thrilled. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, you know, Janet Mock is another close friend, and uh, she loved the idea and wanted to come out for it. And then uh, Dr. Courtney Ryan Ziegler, who was the first person to graduate from Northwestern with a degree, with a PhD in African American Studies, uh, who's a trans man, uh, filmmaker, writer. His uh, blog, uh, Black Academic, I think was nominated for a GLAAD Media Award. And he's just someone whose work I really admire, uh, and I really wanted him to come out. So he was the last person I asked, and we got, a, got all four of them to do it, plus Kokomo, and decided to do a little thing here in Chicago. And uh, Main Stage came on board mm -hmm. to host the event, and they've been really wonderful and supportive of us for that. And um, Chicago House, uh, who's launching the Trans Life Center, a project right. that I, I'm a huge fan of. I had wanted to work with them on some level, and they love this idea as well, and they're acting as our fiscal agent. So they're Excellent. helping us put the event together. They're lending us all the resources to print postcards and get invitations out and take donations so people can make contributions and help make the event possible. So this is all going to happen on Sunday, March 31st. Uh, doors are open at 6 o'clock, and we're encouraging people to come out and enjoy the restaurant there, Act 1 at Main Stage. And then the event will actually start at 7, should okay. wrap up at 9, and then give people about an hour afterwards to hang out and mingle and get to know each other. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, we'll have a videography team on hand to record the okay. whole event. We're going to try and live stream it uh, on oh, the wonderful. internet as well, if oh, we can. Oh, that's great. Uh, we'll be testing that out, so yeah. we're not totally certain yet, but it, it's looking pretty promising. Um, and the, just the only other thing about the event that I'm really proud of is that we're hiring all trans people. So my production manager, my stage manager, the videographer, uh, you know, the designer, mm -hmm. like at every level, we're trying to make this an event that's truly created by the community and led by the community. And, you know, we're, we're 
hiring people too, not just mm -hmm. like getting contributed services. Like we want right. to put our money where our mouth is and say, this is important. Like we need to network with each other. We need to provide each other concrete uh, opportunities and build these resources and networks amongst ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a really, really important and powerful element. So this is a, a truly grassroots effort. Like it's truly grassroots. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, what the event is all about, how it got started, and, and who um, is kind of involved in the nights itself. Um, could you talk maybe a little bit about what criteria um, has been researched and, and uh, discussed as far as how people, who will end up on this list? Right. Yeah, that's been fascinating. That's be so hard. It's, it's really hard. Um, you know, the, the original keystone that Tony and I both share, the original founding idea was that it wouldn't be a popularity contest. Right. This would be about who's doing work in the community. Mm -hmm. So that's, we always go back to that. Whenever we're in doubt, whenever there's a person, we're like, well, they said this really problematic thing, but are they doing good work in the community? Yeah. Or this person's really popular, they're really visible, they're lending a lot of, you know, the spotlight to China. Okay, but are they doing work in the community? Yeah. This person's a big donor behind the scenes. Okay, great, we love that. <laughs> are they doing work in the community? So that's what we keep coming back to. Uh, for better or worse, you know, that's flawed, you can critique it all you want, but like that's been the most consistent principle. Mm -hmm. Within that, we are, there are a couple other little things that are, that are a little bit more subjective, but um, we want the list to be diverse. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are actively seeking out some kind of balance of racial uh, diversity, Wonderful. of class, of geography, of gender expression. Awesome. You know, we don't want the list to be dominated by any one group. Right. And that might mean that some people who do deserve to be on the list uh, don't make it in the first year because we're trying to provide more space to others. Right. But we feel that's part of the principles that we're enacting here. Um, I will say that race has become a big issue mm -hmm. um, through the curating. Uh, race is an issue that I talk about a lot. Um, perhaps, well, I've been I've been told I talk about it too much. In fact, um, <laughs> but I'm concerned. I'm concerned that white people don't talk enough about race. Uh, and I think it's particularly true in the trans community. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of white trans people who talk about uh, the, the dangers of being trans and the violence against uh, trans people, but they don't talk specifically about race and the mm -hmm. way that, that that intersects with with trans issues. And that's a huge one to me. And a lot of our community is segregated. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there are groups that are, that are all white and there are groups that, that are not. And that's something that, it, it can't be the responsibility it can't rest solely on the shoulders of people of color mm -hmm. to talk about race and to be bringing that issue up. That's right. not enough. Um, they've been doing that for a long ass time too, right. and they're tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's up to us to stand up and say, like, okay, what are we doing to make our space inclusive and welcoming? Right. This is something that was a big, that was really important to me from the beginning of We Happy Trans. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I early partnered with uh, a young trans man of color, Noah Alvarez, out in L.A., who's just a really great writer and a you know, big-hearted guy and just a, um, has a lot of really great ideas, and he's brought a lot of, of great content to the website. Um, but it was also a way of signaling, like, listen, this is going to be an inclusive thing. And frankly, like, I actually stopped... I have a lot of submissions in the queue for our Seven Questions project, but I've, I've stopped publishing the ones from white trans women mm -hmm. because that was they were become that voice was beginning to dominate the space. Right, and so I like hold those off until I get um, you know more diverse voices. Uh, it's just really important. So, yeah. um, so one of the things that has come up and it's been eye opening for me is when we see a trans activist uh, who is white, I do, and this is my personally, and, and the list is not my decision, we have a big team yeah. of curators who are doing all this research, but one principle for me personally, whenever I see a white trans activist, I'm looking for, are they talking about race? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a lot of trans activists will talk about Transgender Day of Remembrance, and I've seen a number of videos and read a lot of articles from white activists who never mention the fact that all the names in the list are women of color. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're doing that, if you're co-opting that event to talk about violence against trans people, but, but you're not mentioning trans women specifically, trans women of color specifically, or sex work specifically, mm -hmm. then you are failing. And as far as I'm concerned, again, this is just my personal opinion, I do not have the final say, right. you shouldn't be on the list. So yeah. that's one that's one factor, and it's something that, that I personally hold to. Interesting. That's that's I think that's incredibly valuable and really important as well. Um, so this this curational team, how is that assembled, and who, sure. if, if you can share as a, a part of that? Yeah, we did uh, decide to make the committee anonymous. Oh, okay, that's um, fair. And I, I can be transparent about one aspect of it, which is that Tony and I disagreed on this point. Okay. Um, Tony felt very strongly that it should be anonymous. I felt very strongly that it should be completely transparent, uh -huh. that all the curators should be named and that they should stand by the decisions of, of right. the collective. Um, Tony had very, very good arguments uh, for anonymity. And ultimately, the curatorial team felt like that anything other, that to reveal themselves would be to distract from the list. They felt that the attention would go to them, mm -hmm. um, that it, people would say, oh, well, you only chose them because you're such and such a friend, sure. or you know, those kinds of issues, and that it would distract from the list itself. And I think that's a valid argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was also the issue that this whole process was very truncated. We didn't have the kind of time that we'd really right. like. And I think some of the curators recognize that this list isn't as good as it should be. Mm -hmm. And it's true, it's gonna be flawed. We're gonna miss a lot of really good people. And we're going to discover later that some of the people on the list turn out to be very problematic figures. Mm -hmm. This is true. I'm willing to have a flawed start so that we can build better later. Awesome. And ultimately, I'm comfortable with taking full responsibility. It's Tony and I are going to be the only names publicly associated mm -hmm. um, with the list. And I'm comfortable with being accountable for that to the community and saying, yeah, we did our best with the constraints that we had. Yeah. And I will take the criticism and I will listen. And I will do everything I can to make next year um, broader, more inclusive, more comprehensive, and better curated. Awesome. And, and how large is this curational team? Uh, we have 15 people. 15 people. Uh, 15 okay, people cool. on, the, on the curatorial team who have all helped research and vote. Um, everyone has had a chance to note people who they regard as a must-have, people uh -huh. that they object to, mm -hmm. yes no, yes votes, no votes, and maybe votes. And then we have a very complex spreadsheet that is yeah, automatically counting everything process. to like see like how many yes votes versus the portion of no votes and like valuing must-haves and objections. And uh, it's really incredibly complicated. <laughs> Yeah, I it's, couldn't even imagine. It's been dizzying, um, but I've also been so overwhelmed and so impressed by the principles of the curators. They took this responsibility mm -hmm. so seriously. They did the research. They wanted to rise above any politics. I've, I've even had curators say, listen, this person is someone who I can't stand, mm -hmm. like someone they're researching. Like, I really just can't stand them personally, but I have to admit that the work that they're doing is valuable and yeah. it serves a function. Um, and, I, and I love that. I just really love that. So I've been impressed. Um, and we've had some really hard conversations. There are some names on the list that are very um, polarizing. Yeah. You know, there are names on the list that like some people, there is a couple names on the list that have like five people saying they must have this person on the list and then five people saying they absolutely cannot be <laughs> on this list. And those are the really tricky ones. And, yeah. and in the end, those are the names that Tony and I are gonna have to make a decision on and, right. and stand by one way or the other. 
And, the, and a lot of these names are going to provoke discussion. You know, a lot of the names are going to be like, wow, I've never heard of this person. They're doing great work. Right. Some of the names are going to be like, everyone's going to be like, oh, of course they're on the list. They're awesome. They should totally be there. <laughs> and there are other names are going to be people who are going to be like, what the hell is that person doing on the list? <laughs> and that's fine. This is, like I said, it's a starting point yeah. and it's going to provoke a lot of discussion. I think causing discussion is a great, great yeah. grounds for starting anything <laughs> at all. Well, and, and I hope it's clear that when some of the, uh, the white people who don't make the list, I hope it's clear from, from the statements that I make publicly mm -hmm. that they probably need to take a hard look at if they're out front on race. Yeah. I, I think that's a really valuable and important issue, and I'm, I'm really glad that you, you, you say that as well. Um, one uh, more quick question about that. Uh, you talk a lot about, have said a lot that, you know, um, some of the criteria is who's doing the work, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, could you be a little bit more specific about what you mean when you say doing the work? A lot of the people um, who we're looking at work in centers, LGBT centers yeah. or trans centers across the United States. They are people who are um, doing uh, legal counseling for people with, with trans cases. They are, are uh, medical providers. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, run groups for trans men or trans women, or they do HIV counseling, mm -hmm. or they uh, work on immigration reform. Mm -hmm. um, all these It's a huge range of issues that trans people face yeah. that intersects with all these issues. Um, we do consider uh, like blogging and mm -hmm. online activism as a legitimate form of activism. So people yeah, that absolutely. are consistently raising issues and pushing discourse, mm -hmm. uh, people who are part of LGBT organizations but are pushing those organizations to uh, to, to include the T, to actively yeah. do so. Right. Um, so it's a whole host of, of different type of work that they're doing. But generally they're people that have been nominated by their peers, mm -hmm. uh, by people who say like, wow, this person is a leader in my community. Right. There's someone who inspires me or there's someone who directly helps me. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that information. The Trans 100 launch event will take place at the Main Stage Theater at 1328 West Morse in Chicago, Illinois on March 31st from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. And you can find out more information below. We'll provide a link for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Joe Verisco with JRV Majesty Productions, and we'll catch you next time.